welcome to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. I'm here today talking to Albert Young, who is the founder and interim CEO of the Ataxia Foundation Ireland. You're very welcome to the show, Albert. Thank you, Maeve. Now, you're here to tell us a bit about ataxia and uh, its prevalence in Ireland and so on. It's a condition that many people might not know very much about. And also you have a charity swim coming up on the 12th of September. And Mark Coakley is going to swim down in Wexford at 12 noon on that day. And listeners can donate on the website, which is afi.ie or on your Facebook page. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we'll give out those details again later in the programme. But so maybe you could kick off, Albert, by telling us what is Friedrich's ataxia and you have the condition yourself. Um, Friedrich's ataxia is a genetic condition that's progressive. uh, It's a progressive neurological and degenerative uh, condition. Uh, And I always kind of think of it as the only way of explaining it really is is like a, a genetic time bomb that you or your parents or family have no experience of or anything. And what happens is that um, if two people, man and woman, uh, have a child and they have one faulty gene that they nobody knows they have, and then um, the child will have the ticking time bomb in place in, the, in their genetic makeup. And is it inevitable that all the children will have ataxia? No, it's not. Um, like uh, in my family, there's three: myself, uh, two sisters, and uh, I got it when I, when I was ten years of age, and my sister got it when she was eighteen years of age. So you know, I, I always related to a, a I call it a genetic time bomb because um, it's very unusual in the sense that um, no one knows what is going to be affected with it. Uh, it's not there when children are born, but uh, the ticking time bomb basically goes off somewhere on average between two year, years of age and 18 years of age. There's no um, warning and when children are born, they're, they're perfect. Um, but again, you know, it goes off any time between two and 18 years of age on average. And what kind of symptoms would children show then in if they have developed this condition? Yeah, what would happen is, for example, um, you know, in Martin's Martin Kulov's family, um, I think there's um, I think there's five siblings, um, and in his case, three of them uh, got got with ataxia, and two didn't. Um, and it it affects pretty much every part of your body, um, and you know, no uh, two cases are the same. But going back to your question, what would the symptoms be? The initial symptoms would be really poor balance and co- coordination. Um, and, uh, you know, in adults, um, you know, if people have been stopped going into, into pubs and things, the uh, people thought they were drunk. But, you know, it's quite distinctive um, symptom. You know, when you see somebody walking uh, with a taxi, uh, I pretty much know they had a taxi. But the nasty thing about it is that, uh, you know, you could have um, five children in a family and they could all be maybe get the youngest get to about six and the oldest get to maybe about 15 or 18 and then it, it kicks in and then the really difficult thing for parents is that they, they'll, they'll know that other children, toddlers or whatever uh, will will, uh, will or could uh, 
show the, show the condition. Okay. And is there any treatment at the moment, Albert, for this? No, there's there's no treatment and there's no cure. Um, all, all people can really do is try and, you know, do as much physiotherapy and stretch, keep their body as, as good condition as possible to, um, you know, that helps uh, fight the condition, you know. Okay. And I presume staying in good health generally with exercise and diet and sleep yeah. and all these other good things are important. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, there are some vitamins and things like that, omegas and all of that. that um, you know, they, they help a, a lot of things. Um, but basically, there's no real, real uh, therapy or anything that helps us. Okay. Um, and it's, um, it's a progressive disease, huh? Well, it's progressive, yeah. Um, it's progressive, but, you know, if you have two children or three children, it doesn't matter how many children in a family will have it, um, they won't be exactly the same because of the, you know, the difference in ages when they got the symptoms and then, um, you know, how the condition then progresses. is It's completely random to, to, uh, to the person or unique to the person. Okay. And, you know. But the, um, the brain is not affected. No, it's, well, it's just a cerebellar attacks it, and that that affects the um, cerebellar area of the brain. So you know, it basically attacks the central nervous system, and um, then you know all the different symptoms from a parent. You know, it it affects your uh, limbs, your uh, your legs, your uh, arms. Uh, it affects your eyes. Um, the muscles in your eyes and stuff um, get weak. Um, uh, you also could get, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, it's a heart condition. Basically, the hardening of the muscle of the heart. Um, okay. And that kills people. Okay. So what's the life expectancy then if someone has this condition? There is no real, uh, like no no doctor could, could give uh, an estimate of you know, when someone, how long someone's going to live with it. Um, I got it when I was 10 and I'm 57 now, so... You know, I basically had it for four to seven years, you know, so people people with taxi tend to be very um, strong in the sense that they they um, try to go on as, uh, as much as they can and, and live as normal a life as possible. And they resist, you know, like I did, I resisted uh, going in to use a wheelchair and stuff like that, but there comes a time when you have to accept that. Um so you're a wheelchair user now? Yeah, well, I'm in the unfortunate um, situation where I've got two two um, neurological conditions. I've got Friedrich's taxia and I've got uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2009, which is completely separate part of the brain to the to the ataxia. Okay, um, you're very young to have Parkinson's. Yeah, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's when I was uh, when I was 47. Yeah, it tends to be a condition of older age, isn't it, usually? It is, yeah. And, um, I mean, even when the consultants were, were um, trying to diagnose it, because it was tricky for them because, you know, the ataxia was there, so that was, you know, affecting it as well. But, yeah, Parkinson's, uh, for me, is very difficult because you get a thing, uh, if you're walking and you have Parkinson's, uh, people get a thing called freezing. So the person who uh, is walking with Parkinson's just stops dead in, in the hallway or wherever and can't move forward and can't move backwards. 
which is can't move. It's just in, specific to um, Parkinson's. Okay. I, I get that, but in a different way, what it does it is it's like instantaneously all my energy is gone, you know, and um, I find that difficult to deal with. Um, but I'm taking um, some medication that that's it's Parkinson's med- medication. Okay. Which we'll call Stilabo. Mm-hmm. And that helps? That helps, yeah. Um, I'm trying to get the, the timing right in terms of taking the tablets to, um, so that I don't encounter the uh, freezing thing. Okay, okay. So that's yeah. a real that's a real double whammy having two neurological it is, conditions. Yeah. yeah, but you know I've always had the attitude of uh, you know get on with business and do do uh, what I can, uh-huh. and you know and um, I, I set up the uh, the. Charity attacks, if I imagine Ireland, which took a lot, you know, like we're four years in existence now, and um, it's a good organization, and we provide a lot of support to uh, to our members around, around the country. Well, that, now, we, that's a fantastic achievement, and it's very inspiring to all of us that uh, you can create something like that given the obstacles that you have to face. Thanks, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's basically it's just the uh, attitude I have to life is to, is to get on with it and uh, do what I can. Okay, that's fantastic. So what kind of services do you offer to the members of the organisation, Al? Um, well, we've we've got um, what we call the Attacks of Support Team. Um, and they have, um, they're all volunteers. What well, One of them is the support line, 87 Three six one six six one six, and that's that's basically open from uh, nine o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock in the evening, and it, it's great for um, people who um, are newly diagnosed. You know, they they can ring that number and they can talk to somebody, you know, who knows a lot about facts and so on, and, and point them in the right direction. And uh, we also um, work with the attacks of. Uh, Clinic in which is in Tala Hospital, and they specialise in um, taxa, and they have a special eye machine uh, that only they have. I don't know exactly what it does, but Mm -hmm. diagnostic. uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's great. I'm talking here to Al Young, who is the founder and interim CEO at the Ataxia Foundation of Ireland. And you can find them on afi.ie and support the charity swim that's coming up on Saturday, September 12th in Wexford. So we'll come back to you after the break. And this is our first piece of music, Van Morrison, Into the Mystic. than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one as we sail into the mystic Heart now hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic 
Where that foghorn blows I will be coming home Yeah, when the foghorn blows, I want to hear it. I don't have the fear that I want to rock your gypsy soul. Just like way back in the days of old. Yeah, magnificently we will fold until the mistake. You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that foghorn whistle blows I gotta hear it I don't have to fear it And I wanna rock on Jeffrey's soul Just like way back in the days of old And together we will fold Come on, girl. Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life with me, Maeve Halpin. Now I'm going to talk to Mark Coakley from Gorey, who is doing the Sponsored Swim this Saturday, September 12th in Wexford. So you're very welcome to the programme, Mark. Thanks, Maeve. So maybe you can tell us a bit about the swim and how people can support you, please. Yeah, the swim, it's uh, what's been very good about it is that it's very much a community effort. And it started... uh, the group these days with open water swimming it's very much the thing because uh, we can't get into the pools so a lot of a lot of people, more people are trying to go out into the open open sea and um, and whilst it's brilliant you know you have to be careful with it but it's also uh, it's a fantastic way of you know the mental health and bringing people together and it's very very exciting so Kind of what happened a few years ago, we had a, a group of people and you'd see them on the beach, you know, you'd be going out and you'd, I personally, I was going for a swim. I was training for, for triathlons and stuff like that. And I just saw these people then and one thing led to another and you'd be talking and you'd been having a chat. And then this lady in the local area named Joy Redmond and she, she said that she started up a WhatsApp group. And I, I, I think at the beginning there was maybe 20 or 30 people on the group and uh, it just grew and grew and grew. I, I, I'll stand corrected, but I think there might be about 70 or 80 on it now. But um, so this 
just grew legs. And um, so as we were going through, we were doing different things and there was challenges. And more recently there, I went up to do uh, what was a, a nice a nice kilometre. Now, that's a bit of a mad one because it was up in the uh, Clontarf Baths and uh, a guy called Fergal Somerville and he puts that challenge for the Ice Mile and the Ice K and I went up and I did that just on the February gone and you have to do it in, um, the conditions have to be minus, it has to be under five degrees Celsius. Wow. So yeah, needless to say, it was a huge challenge and I kind of had in the back of my mind that uh, a 10K was on the mind. I had attempted a 10K last um, last year in um, in lockdown and uh, the wind, the conditions were very strong and I, there was a cut-off time for it and I got pulled on that and I just, I said to myself, this is unfinished business and I thought, well, between that and the ice K, I thought this is a really good opportunity to do a fundraiser. And right. I suppose the fundraiser then, I so if I could link the swimming maybe with the fundraising, you can see how this story kind of evolved the swimming is a real passion but the fundraising was there's a, a very very good friend of mine and his name is martin or i call him marty but mark marty kilduff and he's a local guy here in, in wexford and he has the condition that's of, of friedrich's ataxia and when i first met marty I said, what is this condition you know and in, in 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 you know in small it's a you know a muscle uh degenerative condition that you know can affect anybody in the family. And in Marty's case, it had affected not just him, but his two brothers as well. So I had got involved with them, and I, I'm a musician as well. as I wear a few hats in my life, and one of them was a musician, and I had done a, a fundraiser for him in a gig that I had done a couple of years ago up in the Purty Loft in Dunleary. And it was quite a success, and people had got to know who Marty was because I would post it on social media and, they became very friendly with Marty and knew his story. And since just before the gig, uh, Marty unfortunately lost one of his brothers. Um, Dom was his name, and uh, sorry, Ken. And then, then just after the gig, one of Marty's other brothers, uh, um, Dom, lost his life as well and uh, passed away. And so, but Marty is still soldiering on and he's an incredible guy so I thought to myself well just recently with all the gigs not being able to be played I said well look I'd try and do some sort of fundraising and people knew who Marty was so this idea of doing the 10k and why not do it on these amazing beaches that we have in North Wexford they are amazing they really are there's such a stretch of beaches and um, so I started training personally just my, myself and, you know, 1K, 2K, 3K, 4K, and then bringing it up to 5K. And then when I started meeting the men and women that were in this group, a couple of them said to me, says, Mark, can we help out? Because I, I said, well, I'm, I'd love to do a 10K. I really would, and I'm going to set my sights to do this 10K in, say, September. And some of them said, uh, could we help out? And I said, gosh, I didn't even think people would want to get in involved. So they were fantastic. And so... The bones of this is that this community of North Wexford swimmers along the coastline, taking in from, you know, Curragh Club, Roney Point, um, up to Ardemine, Paul Sean, and Ballymoney, and 
Um, it's just a great court town and court town pier. A lot of people now in Dublin would know court town from coming down and holidaying down here. And uh, so we said we'll we'll do that. So we've four swimmers uh, that are going to compete, or well, not compete, but uh, attempt to do the 10k swim, starting at Roney and finishing in Ballymoney North. And along the way, this is where the other ladies, um, Gorna Gallivan and Joy Redmond and Cathy McGrath, they said to me, "Come on, we'll join and and we'll help, we'll support you and cheer you on." So what they've decided to do is along the way at the different points, they're going to jump in and swim as support swimmers in a kind of a relay type of thing to do. So you've got uh, us starting at Roney Point, then we're going to have three of them, Cathy Joy and Grania, joining us at uh, uh, Paul Sean to uh, Ardemine to Court Town, and then there's another two joining at Court Town uh, to a place called Dodds Rock, and then another two going down, uh, sorry, Kiltennel, and then another two going to Tunnel to Dodds Rock. And they're finishing off with a few coming in around Ballymoney Beach. And um, so that's the basis of it, you know, and it's been fantastic. Um, it's a great and, idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what, Maeve, I think what, it, it, what about it is, is that what really got me was you can get all caught up in the money aspect of, of, of the fundraising. But you see, I can't if I got nothing for the amount of times people when they said to me when I said a taxi a Friedrichs attack and they go what's that we'd be millionaires yes. the amount of people that don't have the awareness of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know it it, it 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 can be diagnosed at any time in anybody uh, in, in a person's life and in Marty's case he was 21 he's 57 now mm-hmm. and he's the eldest of the three boys and the other two boys have passed away. Boys, men, they've mm-hmm. passed away. And incidentally, Ken was a real advocate for, he was a fantastic man. He, he was a, a great advocate for disability and the rights. And he, spe- he was, he, you know, he challenged quite well up in the doll and so on. And he's a really good man for it. And um, so Marty, he's a very prayerful sort of a person. He's very quiet, but he sits there and he just is such a, a beautiful man. And what, for me, I've got an incredible friendship out of this. And I think, to tell you the truth, Maeve, that's the theme that's running through this, mm-hmm. is that out of Marty's condition, I think he said to me once, um, he said, Mark, I, whilst I was diagnosed at 2021, the prime of my life, he said, and I thought, well, this is the end. And when I came to terms with Friedrich's ataxia, I realised it became a very good friend because, because he said... I got to meet so many wonderful people. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, what an amazing attitude towards life. Mm-hmm. And I was training one day, I was doing training towards a triathlon and a marathon, and I was given out about my sore foot and my sore hip and <laughs> all these things when you become mm-hmm. you know, exercise crazy. And he said to me, not being facetious or anything, he just said, uh, I'd like to do, be able to do one of them. And I thought to myself, wow, Mark, you just better shut up, you know, because, you know, here's you moaning about your sore foot or your sore hip. And Marty just, mm-hmm. he put, he, for me, he puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. joy of this swim mm-hmm. is, I tell you something, Maeve, by hook or by crook, I'll be finishing this 10 gay. Fantastic. I'm sure you will. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we, you know, we could be threatened with the weather and for for safety reasons, we 
we may not have to take it from Roney Point to Ballymoney. But I'll be doing, uh, I, by the way, Ballymoney Beach is just over 250 metres long. So if it's, it gets dangerous, I'll be doing that beach 10K. So that works out at 40 laps of Ballymoney okay. Beach. Yeah. So I'm not really looking forward to that, to tell you the truth, because, uh, you know, it, 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 could become, it can become a bit monotonous. But you know what? That reminds me of what it must be like each day waking up and having to be put into a hoist, taken out of your bed, washed by your carers, put into a wheelchair, moved into the room. And every and because um, the condition slows down the swallow for some people, and in Marty's case, his swallow is slowed down, so everything that he drinks has to be thickened. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, he can choke when he drinks. Mm-hmm. And I watch him doing that. And we'd be in mid-conversation. And I can hear, I've got so used to him, he'd be in mid-conversation and he, he, he gets cotton mouth. And then I go, yep. And it's not, <laughs> it's a just a by the way at this stage. I just hand up his, his cup and his a straw on it. And he sucks in and then he talks again. And his carers are such wonderful, wonderful people. They're really, really great. And one lady, Nikki, she's been with him 21 years and she just, she calls him the second husband, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, they have such a fantastic relationship. Mm-hmm. But to bring it all in, I know I've gone on here, but it, 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 to bring in the whole swim, the community, the North Wexford, the swimmers, I'm just bowled over by the way everybody's joined in. They've put posters up in the local shops around. They've put buckets in. I've just come from a lady today now and she's going off now to go into the hardware shop, into the post office, to all these. And they're putting up these A1 posters saying the swim is on the day where you can donate online if you go to afi.ie. And um, you can, you know, it, where, what I'm seeing and what's making me very happy is that it is, yes, of course, the money we're going to fundraise for it, but the people are coming together. I'm meeting so many new people out of this. And you know who's driving this, Maeve? Is mm. the guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. That's who's driving it. Mm-hmm. The guy in the wheelchair is the maverick at the moment. He's the role model. And my goodness, in the current climate, boy, do we need role models. Mm-hmm. And uh, the disability sector was very much forgotten in the boom times. And, you know, right now they're leading the way. They are. They are leading the way because they're so used to hard times. We're not. The, I'm an able-bodied person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these times we've had recessions and, and you know, for people it's been mental health. And um, I just, I'm so, I, I'm so happy to be able to say Marty and Al you know, Marty introduced me to Al, you know, the CEO mm-hmm. of AFI, who you have on the show at the moment as well. And, you know, Al is just the only man to be in the world, the unenviable reputation of having both Friedrich's ataxia and Parkinson's disease. I mean, goodness me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to moan about my swim, just mm-hmm. talk to Al for for half an hour <laughs> you'll stop moaning you know exactly. you've never come across such a positive person mm-hmm. and uh, so 
Yeah, Maeve, uh, this swim is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's fantastic. You know, the and it's for, together and, and for a really important cause. Yes. Yes, yes. indeed. And I, I just hope now it gets more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody that is uh, their children or their adult children or their mm-hmm. husband mm-hmm. or their wife starts to have symptoms, mm-hmm. that they know that there's support there for them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, Mark. Listen, thank you so much for all of that. And it's a tremendous project that you're involved in here. And it's really great to hear about all the community coming together. And, you know, people are fundamentally good. I really believe that. And they do step up to the plate when when there are people in need around them. And uh, people help in all kinds of ways, which is fantastic. So um, Mark is going to be swimming this Saturday, the 12th of September uh, in Wexford. And you can donate in various local businesses in Gorey and also on the website afi.ie there's a donate button there. So Mark all the best for your swim and for all the other swimmers as well. Thanks very much Maeve I'll, but, and we'll make sure that they all get to hear the, the encouragement coming from your radio station. Thanks very much. Okay Mark and hopefully we'll talk to you all again later in the year and see how it all went. Thanks Emil. And now we'll go to our next piece of music this is Glenn Hansard. Falling slowly. Raise your 
Welcome back to Wellbeing for Everyday Life. I'm here talking to Al Young, who is the founder and interim CEO at the Ataxi Foundation of Ireland. So, Al, we've been hearing there all about Mark and the charity swim that's happening on Saturday, September 12th. So maybe you could tell us a bit more about the services that are available to sufferers of ataxia through the organisation, the Ataxia Foundation. Sure. Um, well, one of one of the things we do is we have um, uh, four events, social events, um, a year, um, and that, that's basically just to get people to come to the event and um, mix with other people who have ataxia and stuff like that, and their families and so on. Because when people get ataxia, um, they tend to isolate themselves, they tend to uh, withdraw from society. Um, I know I did when I when I was, uh, especially my teenage years, you know, um, because you couldn't go to discos or you couldn't go to anything like that. So you you just pull away from from it. It's kind of it ha- happens to nearly everybody, and uh, who, who's young uh, and they they get attacked and just withdraw from society for a while. It's probably just maybe for the, for themselves to get their heads around it or come to terms with it. Um, but you know we have a, a support line, which is 087-361-6616, and that's to open uh, from nine to nine, uh, seven days a week, for people who've been uh, uh, recent, recently diagnosed um, with ataxia. Um, you know, and it depends uh, to different types of ataxia as well. Friedrich's ataxia is the most common genetic uh, one, but there's about 50 other different types. Uh, which aren't gene- genetic, you know, some who may have an, an accident and uh, and have some sort of uh, brain injury. Uh, sometimes it, it looks like a taxi, but it's from an injury, Okay. you know. So, yeah, because um, it, it must be quite a terrifying diagnosis for people to get. So if they can contact other people who are living yeah. with the condition, that would be very helpful for them. Yeah, and, and you see the terrible thing about it is that the waiting list for genetic counselling it's 18 months. There's, I think there's five genetic counsellors in, in the country. What, what's genetic counselling, Albert? Genetic counselling is basically, um, what, what, here's what really should happen is, someone's diagnosed with, um, say a child is diagnosed with ataxia, and um, then the neurologist uh, you know, gives them the bad news. And what really should happen there is that they should immediately be given or refer to a genetic counsellor so that they, the genetic counsellor will basically explain, explain to the parents, um, you know, uh, what lies ahead in, in, ter- in terms of um, how we're going to be affected by ataxia and, uh, you know, if there's other children in, in, in the family, you know, they may be affected as well. So it's very difficult for parents so obviously that. that support should be available immediately as soon as they get get the yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. Now, you know, so, some of us, um, like our liaison officer, we prov- provide uh, that service. So, you know, um, they could meet with her and, and they could discuss it. But, um, you know, you can imagine yourself uh, if you're told that, you, you know, you had, say you had four children and um, one of them uh, developed this condition. And you, you don't know what it is and get assessed and then you get told it's a genetic condition. 
and the likelihood is that a couple of more children in your family are going to uh, basically um, show the, the symptoms of the condition, um, you know, maybe in a year, maybe in two years, maybe in five years. It must be a terrifying prospect for parents. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, I wasn't actually diagnosed. Um, I got it when I was 10. I didn't have a clue what it was because it was just a, such an unusual uh, factor. And uh, there was no genetic diagnosis at the time or gene. Um, mm. um, they didn't understand it. Like they, they, yeah. they didn't know what it was. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, um, I was like uh, 37 and I had three children. And I only got, got diagnosed in, in uh, 1996. Okay. 27 years after I, I had the, the ataxia. Okay. So um, I had ch- children... And every time their temperature went up, I panicked, mm-hmm. thinking that, you know, it's possible this could happen. But in my head, I was saying, don't focus too much on it, because mm-hmm. um, if you give it energy, it's, it's not going to help you. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, thank God, uh, they're, they're all good. They never um, developed it? No. And you see, that's the thing. One of them may have one gene, or two of them may have one gene, and then their children will probably have no gene, no faulty gene. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's completely random, um, just completely random. And you can't uh, can't test for it in advance because, um, you know, everybody would have to be tested for it. And it's just so rare, but, you're not going to find it, you know. But say, for instance, one of your children had a partner and they were hoping to have children together. Could the partner yeah. be tested to find out whether they had the faulty gene? Absolutely, yeah. Um for, for example, um, my youngest sister, who's not affected, she w- should have had uh, one faulty gene. Uh, but when they were getting mar- married, they uh, decided to get checked first. And it turned out that uh, she had no uh, taxi gene. But it turned out that uh, her husband, T, uh, did. Wow. He was from a completely different part of the country. But um, it's just, you see, it can be there and you never know it because... Un- until two people connect, who both have one of the genes, then that's where the problem arises. I see. I see. Okay. So, uh, very challenging. And the organization is doing fantastic work with no core funding. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, now, you know, with the p- pandemic and everything, um, that's, you know, all the uh, funding seems to be going towards that. Um, but, um I think we will get core funding now. We've made an application that looks looks pretty good. That uh, we'll get some, to the Department of Health. Yeah, it was the HSE. And the HSE, okay, okay. Yeah. But you do have volunteers who work regionally. Yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, what we've done is we we have um, the Ataxia uh, support team, and we have another group uh, called Regional uh, Ataxia Group. What they do is. One of the uh, volunteers um, basically meets up with a rep in, in different counties of, of, of the country because it's so rare. <clears throat> you know, some counties don't have anybody with a tax and others do and so on. But uh, so we've set up a, a network now where they can uh, give, give feedback to a rep who then brings it to the boardroom. We have a board meeting every month and... Um, you know, uh, that's our way of contacting people from from all over the country. Okay. Uh, and then some of them, you know, 
come to the, to the events and then some of them don't, um, you know, which is pretty normal. Um, but we've got a good line of communications. Going on. It's taken so long to do it because when you have no money and you start up a charity like this, you're t- just totally dependent on uh, donations. Of course. Um, you know, and uh, Mark's doing that swim. Um, and, you know, he's making quite a bit of money for that. But, you know, when the pandemic, our source of donations just disappeared, you know, like a lot of charities. Of course. Um, but it's um, it's very hard to um, to get across to the public how difficult it is for, for charities like us. And like um, Mark's swim is a real community thing in Gorey now. It's, you know, making, you know, a lot of the population in Gorey uh, aware of British factory and, and uh, that sort of condition. Because I also remember it was a sort of a friend of a friend of mine, and we were doing some fundraising. And he, he was saying to me, "Oh, because there was three charities lined up there. The last one I'd give money to uh, would be would be a taxi." And I said, "Like, why would that be?" And he said, "Well, why do people keep having children with disabilities?" Oh my God! Yeah, but um, you know, obviously the reason is that the parents never knew. The children we're going to have pretty exactly. God's sake, nobody goes and purposely has a child with a disability. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it might have been, sound like a horrible question, but still, it's a representation of some people's uh, opinions, you know. God, I would hope that, the... I'd hope that's a minority <laughs> view now. Uh, so would I. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's a question that, you know, the answer is fairly clear, you know. So, uh, you know, people will know that it's a completely random thing, and it's it's pretty nasty as well because um, you know you you think your um, your children are, are perfect, and then you find out that it's a uh, mm-hmm. horrible condition. And especially to have a progressive condition that doesn't have any um, treatment, you know. No, to, no. But your I story know. is inspiring too, Al. You know that you haven't let it hold you back in terms of making a difference in the world and making a contribution, which is fantastic. Thanks, Maeve. Yeah. So now uh, the organisation is called the Ataxia Foundation of Ireland and it's at www.afi.ie and the helpline, which is open seven days a week, nine to nine and staffed by volunteers is 087-361-6616. So you can phone that number for information at any time. And the Charity Swim happens this Saturday, September 12th in Wexford. And you can donate at afi.ie. And there are also collection buckets in Gory. Is that right, Al? Yeah, we have uh, collection buckets. We we can't do an on-street collection uh, because uh, the license was was taken up for that date. Uh, But what we're doing is we're leaving the... uh, <clears throat> the buckets in um, Gorey Credit Union, um, Bank of Ireland on Main Street, and um, Mark and his, his group have collection boxes in Ballymoney Post Office um, and uh, different places. That's, it's a really tremendous and important cause, I think. And as you say, it's so difficult for charities that don't have a high profile uh, yeah. to get on people's radar at all, actually. And yeah. uh, often they're the ones who need it most. That's so, a challenge, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's it's a killer as well. I mean, 
you know, uh, Martin killed off his last two brothers uh, mm-hmm. within, a short, within a short period of uh, mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> there's another family down in south of Wexford, and they've lost uh, two uh, brothers out it's so you know, all this year. So it's, it's um, Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping everybody will contribute generously to the cause. And thank Absolutely. you so much for coming on the show and hopefully we'll talk to you again maybe later in the year Thanks to hear how it all went. Thanks, Thanks so much, Al. Thank you. So now we'll go into our last piece of music, the wonderful Van Morris again with Gloria. You know she comes around Feel out! 